In-house talk about end times prophecy is Dr. J.B. Hickson, and we're now ready to unload the truce on unrestricted truce. Let's roll. I will read his very brief bio and bring him right on. J.B. Hickson, author of The Spirit of Antichrist, Volumes 1 and 2. He's an end times prophecy speaker. He's the founder of Not By Works uh, Ministry. And let's just welcome J.B. Hickson. J.B., good to see you. Hey, James. So great to be back with you. Thanks for having me on. Yo, so before we get into the biblical prophecy, which I love, by the way, right? Before before you weigh in on the meek will inherit the earth, any any comment on the last two weeks of insane America up in D.C. from the Hunter Joe Biden, the Durham report, you've had any kind of reaction at a whatever level that might be? Yeah, I think you know things are heating up so fast. It's not even day by day anymore. It's like hour by hour. It's hard to keep your finger on all that's happening. But to me, it's just a sign of the times that the stage is being set uh, for some type of uh, end of the age uh, as we know it. Event. You know, Jesus told us to to watch for the signs of the times. Sadly, most. Uh, Christians and conservatives have their head in the sand, but uh, thankfully there's uh, groups like uh, yours, Unrestricted Truths, there out sounding the alarm and trying to connect some of these dots. But it's, uh, uh, I have a, a real sense of foreboding, James, that, uh, you know, things are, are heating up. And in my, in my books, I talk about how the Luciferians that are the ones really pulling the strings from behind the scenes have been targeting the mid-2020s uh, for almost 100 years now. And so, uh, you know, who knows? God's ultimately in charge. Uh, he may decide to to let it go a little longer. But if they get their way, uh, I don't see us, uh, you know, going on much longer before some type of uh, major unfreezing event takes place. Under, understood. So what are your thoughts on the meek inheriting earth? You know, as I grew up, and even over the last six years of my life, it was like, is this really going to happen? And then I had this epiphany that not only is my nonverbal autistic son very intelligent, but I, I realized they published a book called Spellbound, and it was basically a discussion of all these nonverbal who, who now are able to use a tech device to spell out sentences. They write poetry, songs, everything. So their internal feelings are coming out. Their intelligence is coming out. And I was absolutely blown away by this. And I said to myself, not only those kids, but their activist parents, I feel like when this darkness is destroyed, when it's the end of times for the Luciferians, I could actually see the meek inheriting the earth. That's just a personal feeling and thing I see. Well, you're in good company because Jesus said the same thing, right? And uh, the first major sermon that he preached during his three and a half year ministry, uh, we call it the Sermon on the Mount. It was actually about a year into his ministry, but it's uh, recorded first in the Gospel of Matthew. Uh, but he is really confronting in that sermon the powerful elites of his day, the Jewish leaders, the unbelieving Jewish leaders, that is, the ones who ultimately uh, conspired with Rome to crucify 
the Lord. But uh, these were the scribes, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, and, and they thought they had it all together. They were lording it over uh, the common folk. They were dotting all their I's and crossing all their T's. They wore the big fancy garb. They made loud speeches in the synagogues. They, they, they gave their money, as Jesus said, with clanging uh, symbols and sounds of trumpets and things. And Jesus comes on the scene and in a very pointed, direct message, uh, really targeting them, even though he was speaking to the crowds on the hillside that day. Uh, they were, you can just sort of picture them lurking in the background arms crossed, you know, listening to what he's saying. They knew very well he was talking to them. And he basically turns their world upside down. And he says, you know, uh, you've heard that it was said, uh, don't murder. But let me ask, have you hated? You've heard that it was said, don't commit adultery, but have you lusted? And he, he basically reminds everybody uh, of a biblical principle that goes all the way back to Genesis. And that is, it's not by works that we're going to uh, gain eternal life and be made right with a holy God. It's by uh, faith. Uh, the the self-righteous, uh, which of course describes the elite of our day as well, they they think they're smarter, better, more powerful, wealthier than, than everyone else. Uh, they're not going to inherit the kingdom. It's the, the meek, the humble, those who by grace through faith have trusted in Jesus Christ and him alone for salvation. And real quick, what's interesting is right after that Sermon on the Mount, the very next thing that happens is Jesus uh, confronts the centurion whose son was, uh, was sick, and, and he heals him. And the centurion uh, is not a Jew, of course. He's a Gentile, a Roman, and Jesus commends his faith, and he says these very, very powerful words. He says, quote, I have not seen this kind of faith, this level of faith in all of Israel. And uh, it was really kind of an in-your-face, again, to those Jewish leaders. And so, yeah, the meek absolutely will inherit the earth someday. It's not going to be the ones with earthly power uh, and the ones who, you know, lord it over people and, you know, coerce people into taking death shots and that type of thing. It's going to be uh, those who, in simple, childlike faith, come empty-handed, nothing in my hand I bring, simply to the cross I cling, and say, you know what? I'm not worthy. There's nothing in me whatsoever that's worthy. But because of Jesus Christ and what he did, uh, we can uh, have eternal life. That's uh, quite amazing. Thank you for all that background. I really appreciate it. Uh, you were at, in Orlando, I guess, earlier this spring doing a uh, yeah. prophecy conference. You had to talk about bloodlust. Was that your presentation? Yeah, I did too, actually. One of them was called Bloodlust, Exposing the Luciferian Depopulation Agenda. And uh, Man, it was, a, it was a great conference. There were like 20 speakers. I was honored to be uh, one of them. But uh, yeah, powerful presentation on you know, the whole history of the eugenics program and, uh, and, and the, uh, the, the Luciferian love of death. And I'd be glad to kind of go into some details about that if you'd like. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do that right after the break. I also, after you go into the details, I want to hear that. You and I are going to talk about Bilderberg. I got the agenda for the meeting. And we could talk about, you know, their number one priority was AI. So I want to go into that as well, right after the break with Dr. J.B. Hickson. By 2005, when Evidence of Harm came out, the book by David Kirby, the late David Kirby, great writer, New York Times, that was amazing. Uh, it was interesting. My son was five years old and I had to go get him treated for metal detox, collation in particular. 
And it was quite interesting, but it was Buttar that actually got me focused on detoxifying my son. So I want to give a big shout out and thank you to Dr. Rashid Buttar. And I want to thank him for the last three years fighting COVID and bringing the truth to people because he was incredibly healed thousands and thousands and thousands of children over the last 25 years. JB, let's uh, switch gears, go into blood loss and tell us some of the details of your presentation. Yeah, so I think it's important to understand, uh, you know, from our perspective that uh, the ultimate ones behind all of this uh, are the Luciferians, that Satan has been trying to take over this world since he got kicked out of heaven. Uh, he, he staged a failed coup, and uh, and so he says, well, if I can't have heaven, I'll have the earth. And so uh, while we tend to focus, uh, uh, understandably, on the human aspects, the human accomplices of this conspiracy, there is an ultimately a spiritual side to it. And uh, Satan, we know, loves death. He was a murderer from the beginning, Jesus tells us. In fact, the Bible says all who love God, all who uh, hate God love death. So he hates God. He loves death. He, he thrives on it. And there are two reasons for that. One is that, uh, you know, he sees mankind as the highest pinnacle of creation. We were the only ones that were made in God's image. And so by destroying us, it's sort of an in-your-face to his arch enemy, God, the creator of the universe. And so he's basically trying to say to God, you know, your, your humanity is nothing. We can marginalize them. We can kill them. We can treat them like lab rats. You know, uh, you've all know Harari is a leading uh, transhumanist and Luciferian in our day. Yep. Uh, and, and he has said publicly, uh, we are probably one of the last generations uh, of homo sapiens. Uh, they want to get rid of humanity. Um, he, he says uh, one of the uh, most important things for people to realize about living in the 21st century uh, is that we are now hackable animals. Everyone is trying uh, to hack you. And so we see all of these uh, co-conspirators right now, the ones that are really, uh, you know, behind a lot of these, uh, you know, this this takeover, uh, referencing the end to human life as we know it. Uh, you know, Klaus Schwab repeatedly talks about how we're redefining what it means to be human in his latest uh, two books. Uh, he talks about the future will challenge our understanding of what it means to be human. He said already advances in neurotechnologies and biotechnologies are forcing us to quote, question what it means uh, to be human. So uh, they want to, you know, do an in-your-face to God by, you know, transcending humanity. That's where the concept of transhumanism uh, comes from. Uh, but absolutely, the other reason that they are fixated on death and, and love death is that they see this world as, as a giant playground, and they want it all for themselves. The rest of us are just useless breathers that, that get in the way, and they want us out of the way. And so there's this concerted effort uh, to get rid of people. They, it's all tied together with uh, the climate change hoax and some of the uh, Agenda 2030 items from the UN and, and World Economic Forum uh, you know, collaboration there. Uh, we see references to it in things like the Georgia Guidestones that were uh, destroyed uh, not too long ago. My family and I have taken a trip out there, taken some pictures, examined it firsthand. Um, but, you know, going back to Harari, he said the future is about developing more and more sophisticated technology like artificial intelligence and bioengineering. He said most people don't contribute anything to that. 
except, of course, for their data. In other words, we need some people from the Luciferians' perspective still around to serve as our laboratory, you know, specimens. But he says, uh, whatever people are still doing, which is useful, these technologies increasingly will make redundant and make it possible to replace people. 99% of human qualities and abilities are simply redundant. So they uh, are talking about you, James. They're talking about me. They want to get rid of us. Uh, that's why Bill Gates, uh, one of the leading uh, proponents and f funders of uh, vaccines, has said if we do a really good job with vaccines, we could lower the population growth by 15%. I mean, that just makes no sense. I mean, he's never recanted that. It was in a TED Talk. Uh, you know, a lot of other leading uh, personalities behind the scenes and out front have talked about uh, promoting death. Bill Maher, for example, be very wary of that guy. I know he's kind of, you know, becoming a darling of Fox News and some of those things, but that guy is evil to the core. And he said, quote, this is a direct quote. He said, I'm pro-choice. I'm for assisted suicide. I'm for regular suicide. I'm for whatever gets the freeway moving. That's what I'm for. It's too crowded. The planet is too crowded and we need to promote death, end quote. And, uh, you know, John Holdren, who was, uh, you know, in the Obama administration, everybody remembers the controversy around this guy. He was his primary science advisor. And he wrote, a program of sterilizing women after their second or third child uh, is easier to implement than trying to sterilize men. He said, we need to develop a long-term sterilizing capsule that can be implanted under the skin. Hmm, what does that sound like with uh, all that's been going on with the gene-altering bioinjections? Uh, yeah. And, and uh, you know, so, I mean, James, the, the idea here is that these evil, you know, power brokers are thriving on death. And, and I, you know, that's not to say anything about the satanic aspect of it, the satanic ritual abuse, the... Uh, you know, the, 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 how they thrive on blood. That's why we called this presentation uh, bloodlust. Um, but it's, uh, you adrenochrome. know, yeah, yeah. I was just going to say that adren adrenochrome. I mean, that's, that stuff is real. I mean, there's no question about it that they, and I document this in my presentation and in my books, uh, spirit of the antichrist, that it goes back several, at least 2000 years before Christ in the ancient near East, when pagan religions were sacrificing children to false gods and drinking their blood. And why in the world anybody would think that somehow that's stopped along the way, like we got better and better, you know, that's, that's sort of the Darwinian influence. People tend to think we get better and better and better with time. The Bible says just the opposite. Depravity is a degenerative disease. We're getting worse and worse. Whatever evil we have documented from bygone eras is, is exponentially worse today. So... Yeah, I, I'm agreeing with you on that. I want to go to uh, image seven, and I'll just read a couple of points from this very simple list. So this is the Bilderberg list right off their website, and they talk about AI as the number one agenda, banking systems, which we know are failing. So the Babylonian finance system is on its way out. And at the bottom, they talk about NATO, Russia, Ukraine, and uh, U.S. leadership. I find this all interesting. But let's talk about artificial intelligence, AI. I know that uh, a lot of companies are laying off thousands and thousands and thousands, knowing they could eventually replace a lot of these jobs, apparently, with artificial intelligence. There, in fact, there's Steve yeah. Cohen bragging about the economy is going to be great going forward because we can get rid of 300 million workers worldwide due to, due to artificial intelligence. And I'm yeah. like, 
who's in control of artificial intelligence, number one, because artificial intelligence, if we learned the last few weeks, a few months, is sort of like Skynet with a Terminator. They want to destroy the human race because they look at the human race as not smart enough to keep up with, our, with AI. So it's a very interesting, complex, uh, I guess, debate going on right now. Is artificial intelligence good? Is it the Antichrist itself, a beast system? Right, and obviously it will destroy jobs in a, in a very short order. Go ahead, JB. Yeah, so, so I've talked a lot about this in recent weeks. I, I've done some podcasts on AI and chat GPT. Just last Friday, I had a technology expert, a top tier level technology expert on to t- kind of talk about it. And the thing we need to remember is that technology in and of itself is amoral, it's neutral. And like everything else that God created, it can be used for evil or it can be used for good. But when we talk about AI and the direction, the trajectory of it, where it's headed today, there is no question that it's laying the groundwork for the the beast system that will be in play in that final seven-year period leading up to the, the coming kingdom of Christ. And the reason for that is the Bible tells us plainly that Satan is going to control the whole world through the Antichrist. Well, Satan is not omniscient, and certainly the Antichrist won't be either. He can't be... Uh, and you know everything at the same time. He's not omnipresent either. He can't be everywhere present at the same time. So how's he going to be able to do that? He's going to have to do it through some type of global, uh, full-spectrum, planetary tracking system and the use of AI-type technology. Uh, I'm speaking this weekend in Tulsa at the Mid-America Prophecy Conference on this very subject, uh, transhumanism and AI. And I'm going to play some clips at that conference that will just blow you away of what these transhumanists think they can do. But they they want to control every aspect of our lives. And and it's all over the news, James. I mean, you see it. Uh, just May 16th, Microsoft uh, had a big article. Microsoft says new AI shows, shows signs of human reasoning. You know, uh, we've got all the you know discussions of the 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 brain computer interfaces where uh, people can just think and things happen without even uh, you know uh, physically doing anything about it. You've got AI generated newscasts now. Of course, you and I know that the mainstream media has been bought and paid for for decades, and those that were awake knew not to trust it. But it's a whole nother level when you start having fake people that look real read fake stories about fake things. Uh, you know, uh, advancing evil agendas. It's like, how are we going to be able to tell reality uh, from, you know, from virtual uh, reality? I saw an article just today. It's actually from four days ago, but I was reading uh, earlier today in preparation for another interview that I'm doing. And and this is an AI company that is performing at, for a fee, of course, seances for your dead loved ones. I mean, it's called Seance AI. That's the name of the the product. And uh, you pay money and they will conjure up your dead loved ones. And, uh, you know, people, of course, have already been setting aside data uh, so that when they die, that AI technology can basically resurrect them with their same voice, their same look, their same mannerisms, everything. Uh, They're putting all this data in their bit bucket so that post-death, they can be, you know, resurrected in this sort of bio-digital uh, convergence. But the founder of this uh, company, Seance AI, says we're trying to make it sound as magical and mystical as possible. So, I mean, AI is something that people need to not just have a knee-jerk reaction and think, oh, it's it's you know, 
we don't like it. You need to actually look into it and see the details because it is everywhere. I bet like me, uh, James, you, you probably get multiple emails a day unsolicited from some company trying to sell you a service based on yep. AI. And uh, it's, 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 I can tell you two personal anecdotes real quick of how this is changing the world of my life. And I have six kids and uh, uh, they range in age from 29 down to 16 or 15. But uh, one of my daughters who just finished up her freshman year of college had only been uh, in her program for just a few weeks when the department head, she's a a graphic designer and was in getting a degree in animation called the people in the department together and said, look, you're just starting out and we don't, we, you know, we want you to do what you want to do, but we got to tell you this department probably won't even exist in a year or two because all of the jobs in graphic arts and uh, animation are going to be handled by AI. So now's your chance to change your degree. And she did. Uh, then my son just finished his third year of college, got one year to go. He's majoring in computer science. Brilliant. All my kids are smart. Thank the Lord they take after their mother. But uh, anyway, uh, he uh, is seriously contemplating dropping out and at least taking a year off because he says, Dad, you know, they won't need computer programmers anymore. They're using AI to do it. So here's two young people, both under the age of, you know, 22, that are basically, you know, not panicking, but just really burdened about the future that has been thrust upon them in terms of their jobs. And so uh, this is something that's like a steamroller that's happening so fast. To me, it's a sign of the times, because as I said, I truly believe that uh, the forces of evil will use this technology to mimic God, to become an imposter God, a fake God. Um, And uh, that's the only way they'll be able to do it, because they're not God. Yeah, no question about it. AI is far from perfect. I do use uh, ChatGPT4 on occasion. I do do some interesting history. I do it at a very basic level. If I, you know, it's great to research that there was an East Palestine train derailment in 2005, and I was able to get all the details of that in an article I wrote six weeks ago. And then, but when I put it into an article, I say ChatGPT, and I clearly list it out as where I got the information from. So I don't hide anything yeah, that way. Yeah. Yeah, technology is neutral. You know, obviously, it can be uh, helpful in for some things. Um, uh, for example, on the on the, my radio program, you know, we rather than having to pay, we haven't made this switch yet, but rather having to pay uh, royalties for music that we use in the intro and outro, you can use an, an AI based system to come up with a, a, a jingle, uh, and it's yours for life, and you know, you don't have to pay the royalties. So again, it's a complex issue, but at its core. We need to understand that the Luciferian elite, as I explained in my books, uh, Spirit of the Antichrist, and by the way, folks can go to spiritoftheantichrist.org, spiritoftheantichrist.org to read uh, all about those books. But, you know, as I explained in there, the elite are using technology to advance a very nefarious agenda in their efforts uh, to put down, you know, the populace and the common man and elevate themselves to a level of supremacy. Very, very good. We're going to take a last commercial break. When we come back, we're going to have a three-minute video from J.B. Hickson on the spirit of the Antichrist, and then we'll get into it deeper. The spirit of the Antichrist, the Apostle John tells us, is already at work in the world today. 
He said, I'm not even religious. And yet with every passing day, I am more and more convinced that we are living in satanic times. We are living in the great last days of deception. You know, Satan has been trying to take over this world for 6,000 years since he got kicked out of heaven. God is working out his plan toward a logical conclusion. God's plan of the ages will culminate in the return of Christ to make all things new. It could be any day. The Lord's gonna say enough's enough. He's gonna rescue the church from this present evil age. Shortly thereafter, we'll be looking at, you know, seven years of this cosmic struggle between the wrath of God and the wrath of Satan. If there's one here within the sound of my voice today that doesn't know you, that in simple childlike faith, they would feel the convicting work of the Holy Spirit drawing them to you and would trust in Jesus Christ, your Son and our Savior, as the only one who can forgive sin and give them eternal life. And it's in his precious name that we pray. Amen. Behold the nails in my hand. Amen. Yeah. I tell you, where would we be without the Lord? I, these are such troubling times, but man, we, uh, you know, we, we thank the Lord that he knows uh, what's going on and we never have to worry. You know, he holds the future in his yeah, hands. You know, you mentioned Bilderberg a minute ago. Yep. Um, uh, I'm sure your folks probably know, but uh, just to master the obvious, Bilderberg is a, a, a group of uh, elites that meet every year. Usually it's in June, a couple of weeks in June. Uh, it started back in 1954 uh, in the Netherlands at the Hotel de Bilderberg. That's why they call it the Bilderberg Group. And now it meets in, in different places. I have a whole chapter on that in Spirit of the Antichrist, Volume 2. It talks about Bilderberg and how through the years it's been a place where they uh, select presidents, crown kings, uh, make world plans. And uh, as you said, uh, used to it was highly secretive and, and only uh, things that were leaked out would give us a glimpse at what was happening behind the, the closed doors. Uh, but now they do put out the agenda ahead of time. And it's very interesting, as you pointed out, that right at the top of the list this year is 
AI and it begs the question, what do they know that, that we don't? Yeah, very good question. So the Bible, has the Bible been altered by the Luciferians over, over, the, over the generations? So for, I'll give you a, well, a simple I think there, for instance. Well, for yeah, instance, I think there has been a concerted... On, is the market of beasts on or in the people? Well, I think Revelation. that goes back to the Greek that, you know, in, in the Greek, it's actually on, and the Bible wasn't written in English. But uh, I do think in the modern uh, era, especially since the, the turn of the 20th century with Westcott and Hort around the late 1800s, early 1900s, and the onslaught of um, English Bibles, we have seen without question an agenda behind some of the modern English translations. Uh, different groups like the Calvinists and others have, have really chosen terminology and language in translating certain passages from the Greek and the Hebrew that make their point. And so, um, but, you know, by and large, um, you know, I think if we understand that God's word gives us everything we need for life and godliness, it's, it's through the word of God that we hear the gospel. Um, you know, we're thankful that we can read it in our own language and hundreds of languages around the world. Uh, but yeah, I think particularly, let's say since the early 70s, you know, these days, James, if you if you go online and search for in, you know English Bibles, you can find a Bible for just about every target audience, the fireman's Bible, the nurse's Bible, the school teacher's Bible, the basketball wow. player's Bible. And I think a lot of that is very much agenda driven. But the core message of God's word has never changed. It's uh, quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. And that message is quite simply that uh, Christ Jesus, God's son and our savior died to pay our penalty for sin and all who place their faith in him can be forgiven and have eternal life. That's a beautiful message, is it not? Amen. So, yeah, Incredible. so yeah, I would just encourage folks to check out uh, Spirit of the Antichrist. It, it covers a lot of ground, uh, and there's chapters in there that will touch on just about everything, including fake elections and what they're planning to do next. But uh, I know you're the interviewer here, but I'd love to, to, to get your take on what you think happens next from a, an American political standpoint. I mean, what, what are you keeping your finger on the pulse of and watching for? Uh, so, well, I think uh, we have to have this great awakening or this revelation mm -hmm. or this apocalypse, the great unveiling. And for that mm -hmm. to happen, we have half the masses that are like kind of in the zombie apocalypse. They've been vaccinated. The pineal gland's not working. They've been programmed so much, right? Um, that's why Robert F. Kennedy Jr., in my opinion, came on the scene to talk to the DNC base. Because the minute they hear Trump, they shut down cognitively, right? It's automatic. They will, they will listen. So Bobby Kennedy is out there, Jr., uh, red pilling over there while Trump's red pilling on this. And I think that is good on a very uh, human level in this country. But I think a financial crash is absolutely necessary. Yeah. I think a, a nuclear showdown, a scare event is absolutely necessary. If we all remember where we were in 9-11, I'm sure all of us do. Mm -hmm. We are absolutely going to know where we are, whether it's the summer, fall, whatever it's going to happen of the scare event. This nuclear conflict, this uh, Cuban Missile Crisis, whether it's Russia, China, or all of the above, versus the West, and it's going to be magnitudes bigger as far as a memory, and it, it's it's going to, I think, shatter the psyche of a lot of people. And when that dust settles, I think people then are like, "Well, wait, hell, I didn't sign up for this. How did we get here?" Right? I keep hearing a question the last six months of people, "How do we get here now?" And we're not even even off to this more crazy stuff. 
How do we get into yeah. COVID? How do we get into these, these vaccines? And people are confused. Well, wait until they go to the crash and then, right, and then the, yeah. the scare event in order to wake up the masses. It is going to be shocking. I think you are spot on, James. I think there's some major event, and it's not going to be just one. It's going to be a cumulative case. It's going to be economic. It could be potentially war. It could be some other bioterrorist type thing. But they're going to pull out all the stops, and fear is the key. They're going to use fear to get us in line. The, the COVID thing was a good test case for them, and they saw how easily people are duped, and they're going to try it again. And you're right. What we need today are people to be awake. One of my favorite verses that sort of undergirds all that we're doing here through these books is 1 Thessalonians 5, 6, which says, Therefore, let us not sleep as others do, but let us watch and be sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk are drunk at night. But let us who are of the day be sober, putting on the breastplate of faith and love and as a home at the help uh, the hope of salvation. So we are not of the night, James, we're of the day. And um, it's going to be an interesting next uh, few months uh, leading up to the 24 uh, selection. And, and again, I don't believe they're elections. I think they're selections, but they're certainly going to use uh, the, the, the divide and conquer methodology that they are so good at to foment unrest. We could also, another part of that unfreezing event could be civil unrest. I mean, you know, when people lose everything, they lose it. And if this economic crash happens, you will see people do things that uh, we never saw before in the streets of America. So not trying to, you know, foment fear here at all uh, or dread. Uh, you know, we are confident, uh, you know, if we know the Lord and if we are prepared, you know, Proverbs 22, 3 says the wise person sees trouble coming and prepares for it. So if you don't prepare for it, yeah, you ought to be scared because it's going to hits you like a two by four across the head. But if you see it coming and can be prepared, uh, then we'll be able to navigate these times. And if the Lord tarries is coming, hopefully we'll come out the other side uh, ready to, to rebuild and, and get back to the patriotic principles that this country was founded on. We got one minute left. I want to show images eight and nine back to back, the two uh, book covers of Spirit of the Antichrist, volume one. Let's go to volume two, please. Great. JB, go ahead and close out. Got uh, 40 seconds. Uh, tell people where they can find your work on your website. Yeah, so, yeah thanks so much, James, again, uh, helping us sound the alarm here. Our ministry is Not By Works Ministries, which is notbyworks.org, as you see on the screen there. Uh, but check out spiritoftheantichrist.org. Uh, you know, that's a great uh, landing page on our site that will kind of tell you everything about the books. You can read the entire preface of each book and see the table of contents uh, and then spread the word. You know, uh, people are waking up in untold numbers today because they're realizing something is not right. And there's something going on here that's beyond our control. And, uh, and that the Lord is using this to drive people uh, to, to, to his word and, and people are coming to Christ in, in record numbers. So, uh, so thanks for letting me get the word out. Thanks for all that you're doing and uh, keep up the great work. One last question. Uh, you got a prop, you got a, a conference this weekend in Tulsa. Yeah, it's not sold out yet. It's very close to being sold out, but it's at the Tulsa Marriott, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Friday and Saturday, the 26th and 27th. Uh, I'll be speaking, Dr. Andy Woods, Tommy Ice, uh, several others. Uh, come on out and join us uh, this Friday and Saturday. Great. Thank you very much, uh, JB. We'll bring you on in the near future. Thank you. My pleasure.